Ladies and gentlemen, the Chris Roach Show. And this would be episode 13. Episode 13 of the Chris Roach Show. It's me and Mr. Mike Nicolia again. What's up, Mike? Lucky number 13. What's going on, listeners? Listen, listeners. Uh, John Ziegler out again. John Ziegler is out again. Um, taking care of some, I guess you say, personal stuff. And uh, would that be the way to say it? Because I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I freaking have enough anxiety of myself lately. It's just trying to get myself back on track. Um, they got me on he's, these, he's not here. <laughs> he's not here. They got me, I mean, they got me these beta blockers, at least for another few weeks. And it lowers your heart rate so much where I'm laying in bed. I'm laying in bed going, am I still breathing? Am I still breathing? I'm like, my anxiety needs this shit right now. I got to go back and listen to my anxiety sideshow podcast and, and, and take some of my own uh, advice. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is? I, we, as comedian, I don't know about you. Well, you're still in your twenties, but man, you don't realize like how it's a, sometimes like a few beers here and there. It's just like it's it's nice. It just relaxes you. But when you're on blood thin, it's like yeah, you can't have beers right now. I'm like, all right, all right. How long am I on blood thin? It's like, a few more uh, weeks. I'm like, okay. Can can you have red wine, or you got to wait on that too? I think I got to wait on that too, but. Mm -hmm. I know they say um, half a glass of red wine is good for your heart or some, some bull crap like that. Are you making fun of one of my bits? Is that you oh, say that? Which yeah, I have, a that? Bit, I have a bit about a wine journal. Like my wife, she goes, Dr. Oz says a glass of red wine a day is good for your heart. That's Yeah. Okay. I remember now. She's got the wine journal. Then I come home with the beer journal. And go, I drank a 12 <laughs> pack of bud. I got smashed. <laughs> you know? Um, so it was a definitely a uh, interesting month. Um, first of all, uh, I, I, to everyone's listening, I, my goal is to put these out every Sunday night so they're available for anybody going to work on Monday morning. But uh, a couple of things, you know, been happening, and uh, we got we got bumped. You know, I would say bumped, and just a, a couple of bumps in the road that we're getting past. You know, Ziegler's taking care of some things and uh you know carl carl above just Rest passed in away i mean that doesn't excuse for us not putting out uh a podcast it was just like it makes you like take inventory on your life you're like jesus christ the thing about social media and i and, and stand-up comedy alone i have such an incredible wealth of friends um even like even like say facebook all my high school friends are there all my brother's friends and my siblings' friends and uh, my comedians and fr friends and fans and, and, and just people who know people. And it seems like every day I'm writing, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> and sometimes those, it's somebody's dog. Sometimes it's somebody's father he never met. And then some, sometimes like this last year, man, we lost some really, really uh, great comedians and com comedians who I think that you know they should have been more of a household name like vic henley my god vic henley did you know vic i didn't know him personally let's let's do a little background here yeah look vic up henley. henley make sure i'm not messing up his name because it's like a, a he henley. passed at 57 april 7th he passed 
Two days after my birthday. Oh, yeah. Frequent guest on Opie and Anthony. Yeah, I heard about this. Big Henley was like Ugh. the first one. Now, I know he, he, he from, from what I understand, he was struck by a car and he ended up having some complications later on with blood clots. So it was a freak thing. Henley died Monday after suffering a pulmonary embolism over the weekend. Right. And it was, this was at the very beginning of COVID. It's like, oh, my God, did, you know, did it get somebody already that we know and love? But he was man. Somebody Our, like that passes away, and and you and you, like I got to know him over the last two years by working at the comic strip. And what a great guy! Very supportive guy. Knew his music, loved music. He was very very uh very uh educated in the music department. Great comedian. He was the opener for uh, Ron White for a long time, and he's, wow. he's got a lot of funny stories. But man, that was that was a heavy hit to start this whole shit off and um who else uh jeff parami oh did you know jeff parami jeff parami no parami great comedian veteran comedian he was was oh the the the, yes jeff parami the uh he was part of the friars club i remember him when i interned there yeah his nickname was the fat rap bastard which he was anything but he was a sweet guy and he was the host of the burlesque show at the borgata which was a hit for a couple of years so he had a residency at, at the borgata which man you know you think about what a what a great way to go out you know but i mean listen, is, is there a great way to go out i don't know i'm just rambling but you, you, you know what show i remember um they called it like the big boys of comedy and it was right. uh they called it a ton of fun and i remember seeing him on it i think you were on it rooney was on it no i wasn't on it i know the show i could i know the picture you're talking about i'm like wow there's a lot of big mofos in there right <laughs> um you know i always wanted to do a comedy show a tour and try to get like the big and tall store to sponsor it or something but dxl um, D- yeah dxl comedy hour so jeff parami um there's also a ventriloquist that passed away uh early in I think it was like February or March. Mike, um, oh God, is, sorry. That's what I do now. I blank on names. I will tell you right now. My comedian. Oh, that's so bad what came up. Here it goes. What came I up? wrote Ventriloquist dead and it wrote Ahmed the dead terrorist Jeff, Jeff Dunham. That's not oh what I was looking for. Oh, then there was, uh, I think back in Pete Michaels. Can you look up Pete Michaels? Pete Michaels. Let's look him Pete up. Michaels, retired NYPD. Great guy. I worked with him a bunch of times. He was uh, uptown a comedy comedian and the ventriloquist. He had a lot. Yeah, he he was a great guy and a very funny guy. I'm just talking about in the last year. You know, there was uh, on Long Island, just like man, seven years ago, Vince D'Antona, who was like a big brother to all of us, great ventriloquist. He won America's funniest videos which was hosted by dave coulier america's funniest people america's funniest videos i was mixing them up dave coulier hosted it was a big show in the 90s and he was the first winner i think he won ten thousand dollars and then he's delivering for the a deli out here in medford long island and some guy's like he knocks on somebody's daughter with the delivery and the guy's like weren't you on my tv last night <laughs> now you got to figure this the 90s there's not a thousand channels and there's not apple tv netflix all that stuff 
But, right, you're uh, on that one network. That was a crushing loss to Long Island Comedy. Um, but um, now there's, um, I know there's a guy named John Fox, unfortunately, I didn't know, passed away. And oh my God, another guy I didn't know from the comedy store. What was his name? Brody Stevens, but I think that was before the pandemic. Brody Stevens, that's him. That's that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, when did Brody Stevens die? Brody Stevens, I mean, I think in the past year and a half. Let me look here. Yeah. And it, I remember it, that one. Oh, man, I wish I knew that guy. I wish I knew that he guy. He passed away February 2019. Okay, so that was like two, uh, two years ago. But, man, yeah. I, I wish I knew that guy. Funny, funny guy. Another legend on the West Coast. Um, and then, uh, most recently, Carla Bove, which, um, you know, you didn't know Carl, right? I heard about him and I actually started watching, um, the comedy store documentary on Showtime. And it's weird because I, I started watching it and then, and then, you know, Mick was telling me about his mentors in comedy and I'm watching this documentary and then he goes, yeah, you, you know, Carl Lobove. And I was like, he was in the documentary I was just watching last night about the comedy store. Right. And, you know, I know him and Sam Kinison uh, were best friends. And then yeah. uh, it was the car accident and whatnot. Yeah. Now, Carl Lobove, uh, he's a guy who lived on his own terms, man. That guy was just, uh, wow. It's just, it's, it, that one hit for, I think that one hit across the country in the, the comedy world. I mean, like I said, Vince D'Antonio was we were crushed here on Long Island because he was a, a fixture in Long Island comedy for like over thir- almost 40 years. Right. And Carl LeBove, he's a guy who seemed to like live in one area for a little while then move to the next, at least the Carl that I knew. Was he um, in Long Island for a little while? He was living at, on Long Island at Mark Lund, who was one of the owners of Governor's Comedy Club. And he lived there Geez, I'm gonna say two years. I, I I could be off by a few months, but oh. it was a short while. But we were. This is when there were comedy. Sh- there were shows every Thursday, Sunday. So you knew you would see Carl once a week. And I was also working with him, um, where I was opening for him on two different shows. Once he one he was doing this uh, thing where he, he was doing like a one man show where he brought up a guitar. And he told his life story and he told his story about, man, I hope somebody recorded this because this has got to be put out there. He told his stories about Sam Kinison, about how him and Sam used to, uh, Sam was an evangelist. Mm-hmm. I, and I know Carl, uh, I, I know he comes from the Bible Belt. Of, no, he's, he's lived in Texas, but I think he had family that lived in. Uh, I heard Carl, something I about Sam Kinison uh, doing a, uh, one of those worshiping a pentagram, I think they call it. What am I? He did like a pentagram in the belly room of the comedy store. Really? Pen- well, he is uh, that the right word? Oh, like the devil worship thing? Yeah, devil design. Why am I spacing on that right now? I think you're right, but I, I, as far as the word, you're right, but I don't know about the uh, <laughs> event the event but carl, they spoke about it in that comedy store documentary but what, okay. what about carl i gotta watch that man that, that's one place like i wish i would have got to perform and i wish i would have got to meet mitzi the uh legendary owner and her husband um but carl with sam early on 
Carl told me stories that you don't like I never heard on any interviews like everyone knows the story of him and Sam Kinison which he would tell on stage with his guitar out he found out later on that his daughter was Sam's daughter and right. when he went to the courts and said when he went to the courts and said listen this is not my kid they pretty much said statute of limitations yep. you can't just say it's not your kid after so and so years it's your kid mm -hmm. so they took away his license and so it's really course, Sam's kid yeah yep yeah and I remember driving to a, a gig with him or driving him to a gig for us where I was opening for him and he was like uh holding my cell phone so I could look at my GPS and he goes look he goes I've become this guy the guy that sits in the passenger seat and holds the cell phone he's just a funny guy <laughs> and um we did a couple of shows uh but he told me a story about him and Sam Kinison I think he told this one on stage how Sam knew who all the all the dirty evangelists were so Carl would pull up front and Sam would go into the house and he kind of knew where they would hide their money and they would rob the money, take the money and they, they worked their way to New York and they uh, had like a big drawer full of money that lasted them like the longest time. Uh, and he told me one time, I forgot the story, I'm trying to think. He was in Times Square with Sam and Sam and Carl went into a peep booth and it opened up and there was like just like an old old woman and oh that's when times square was cool huh yeah oh yeah i was i was lucky enough to, to be like you know probably in my 20s and going through the old times square where the prostitutes were like standing outside the peep booth and they would walk out and try to pull you in yeah bro it was crazy it was crazy wow i just have almo and the big mcdonald's that was my times square experience right. growing up <laughs> What a chance. Yeah, you think Rudy Giuliani, but you know, right. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani cleaned stuff up. Um, so so there was happened. I think there was a uh so this she's an old, old stripper, and I forgot what she was doing, but something vile. Like maybe <laughs> shooting ping pongs at what she was doing something really disgusting. Ooh. And Carl was Carl was like, man, he was like just like outside on on the sidewalk thinking, like, what the hell was that? He said, Sam said something to him, that's show business. <laughs> and he's like, what? He goes, he goes, do you know, think about that woman. She didn't just walk in there off the streets. She practices, she rehearsed it. She went in there and she did what she had to do to make the money, you know? And he was like, he, he said he had like, he said he had like a newfound respect for comedy after that people's show. And how much effort that woman put into it, the show, the clothing and the props um but yeah man he was he was here with us for a couple of years and we, we all got very close with him and he was like a big brother mentor and i didn't know much about we got to figure man this is like going wow this is i, I would say like seven years ago and I, I didn't know much about i knew some people from the west coast and they said they're carl above hey chris i met him hey chris is carl above i met him in the green room of governors I'm like, hey, hey man, nice to meet you. And I really didn't know much about him. I knew the name, but I didn't know the story. When I found out the story and I and I got to watch him on stage, I said to him later that night, I said, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know who you are. I said, I'm embarrassed. He's a comedy <laughs> legend, a comedy legend and somebody that fucking talented. Man, to watch that guy work was just incredible.
See, another thing I missed. I wish I was older because uh, it's like the same place, but years later and, oh, uh, you know, he was there. He was a legend. He was there. Among man. us. And and you know, I could um, yeah. just be so, so quick with a, like a, like a one-liner joke. And you know, I drank with him so many times. Here's the thing that's upsetting me too. I... I'm not the. T- I, I never ask anybody for pictures. Either somebody's in a picture of me, or they're not. You know what I asked? I asked, I worked with Pacino. Not to sound like a dick. I did. I had three lines in a movie, with him. and That's I great. and I never said, "Hey, Mr. Pacino, can I get your? Uh, can I get a picture with you?" I don't bother people. I just leave people alone. Right. And even when all the time I work with Kevin, I'm not that way. How about that Billy Joel concert, though? That's like that the was, coolest picture ever. That was a great picture, and. They had us that scene. That scene. They had us filming on our phones, and we all had, we had to turn in the footage, and they were going to use it in the editing. But anyway, so all those nights I sat next to Carl after comedy shows, drinking, getting drunk with him at the bar. Governors. I never once took my cell phone and said, "Hey, hey, come on, get over here." And I I, I suddenly kicked myself in the ass for that. I could I see a lot of people posting pictures with Carl. I'm like, I don't know if I have a picture with this the two of us. And I would pick him up. A lot of times I would go pick him up because Mark was already at the club and I would go to Mark's house and I'd pick him up and we'd stop at the Hess gas station and he'd get uh, his American Spirits, the yellow, the yellow package of American Spirits. Right. We'd get those. Right. And uh, it, was, it was like a, a routine, like every Thursday or Sunday, at least once a week, I was picking Carl up. Okay, baby, go out. Hold on. Good girl. You going out, man? Thank you. <laughs> Um, I heard a shake off before. What? The dog, I was that was Jake. Jake's yep. loud. Wait, the Jake's the, the the male. He's a Havanese, and when this guy shakes, it's like his he, he, he's so violent. <laughs> his ears. I'm like those ears are gonna fly off, dude. He's so he's a Havanese. Lilu's a mini Labradoodle. She's the princess. The princess. She's the princess. But here's the story I want to tell. Of Carl. About Carl above told me this one story. And you, you have your story where you're like, you, you're like, it's got to be true because the, the attention to detail and things like, why would he make this up or put this in there, right? Anyway, right. look up, if you can, Mike, when Sam Kinison appeared on Saturday Night Live. Of course, this is the story. This happens right after Sam... Sam and Carl. Carl's part of the Outlaws of Comedy, which is a gang. Oh, my God. Here's another comedian I've got to mention. November 15th, 1986. All right. Hold that date. I forgot to mention uh, another Outlaw of Comedy. What? Mitchell Walters. (sighs) Mitchell Walters. uh, Listen, he was an interesting guy. I'll say that much. I I remember he... So both of you won some loss. You ever go onto a plane and, you know, when you walk on that little uh, extending walkway into the plane mm-hmm. where the walkway moved away from the plane and he actually fell out and onto the, what they call the tarmac. Holy. Yeah. So he always walked with a cane, but I heard he got a good chunk of money from that. Um, but he was always, uh, he was a funny guy. And Mitchell told me a story one time with him and Sam Kennison, they had a weight loss contest and he goes, I won because <laughs> I did cocaine every day. I goes, I didn't eat for two weeks. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, wow. And I'm like, uh, 
I'm like just having a couple beers and going to uh, what do you call it? White Castle. To me, that's like, whoa, I'm living on the edge. Right. I feel like the equivalent of uh, cocaine in comedy in the 80s. I mean, cocaine in general in the 80s was huge. But cocaine in comedy in like the 80s and 90s, I don't know. I, I don't have that anymore. I mean, the most I have is like chicken wings. They went together. They were like, is that where it's synonymous? Is that the word? Right, exactly. And it was just like, you know, uh, I know Chris Farley when he was doing SNL, like he was like saying stuff like, well, that's the stuff that makes you funny. Really? I th- I'm pretty sure before he did Matt Foley, motivational speaker, he like did a line. Yeah, because you know what? It probably, for some people, it brought that craziness out. Right. Or before he get he, before, if you look uh, and you watch Conan, when Farley was on Conan, he like could barely catch his breath. Just right. stuff like that. But back to Kinnison and that whole crew, you know, that was so, that was probably, you know, in every day, multiple times of the day thing, you know, they were, they were. Oh yeah. Back yeah. then, I've heard stories of, of club owners trying to pay you in cocaine. Back then, it's crazy. And they were, uh, what was, the, what would they call themselves? The, just, outlaws, the outlaws of comedy. The outlaws. But they were all no doing kidding. it. They were all yeah. doing it. And then, uh, you know, man. It's, uh, so Mitchell Walters, before I forget, he was, he, man, I never saw anybody sell t-shirts after a show like that guy. Because he had the t-shirts about, he had this bit, his closing bit where, if you scream, he had the audience and they would scream out where they're from and he would tell you your zip code. He knew every zip code. Holy shit. And he had an acronym for every car. You know, what car you got? Ford, Final Road Dead. Uh, this one, ba 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 ba. And he would do it for like 20 and then he'd go, oh, uh, IROC, small penis. And boom, that was the laugh and then you get off stage. <laughs> and Mitchell Walters was the man who, like we went after, uh, after one of the, after I was, working with him at the Borgata, we went to the little uh, cafe area they have over there. And he goes, you got to try this rice pudding. I'm like, ah, I don't think I like rice and pudding. And he got me into rice pudding. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Walters. Wow. <laughs> um, so let me tell you this Carl LeBeau story that I don't know if I've ever heard it from anybody. I've seen his shows, you know, with uh, the shows he's done with Paulie Shore. And he, he tells you the Stam story, which is, I've heard that story told as he's playing his guitar on stage. I've heard that story about a dozen times. One second. So Sam Kinison is on Saturday Night Live. And what's the date again? November 5th, 1955. No. um, November. (laughs) Or October 86? November 15th, 1986. So it was probably they're down in Florida. It was the spring after that. It's it's, or summer after that. He goes, I remember, maybe it wasn't Florida. I can't remember. They were somewhere tropical. He goes, it was some, it was right after Sam got on SNL. He goes, uh, we're down. We rented a houseboat. He goes, and we really didn't go far. We were just getting, you know, fucked up on it. And it was Carl, Carl's wife, and Sam Kinison and Seika. Hmm. When he said the name Seika, now I'm a guy that, you know, used to watch the, I know all the adult stars from when I was a kid. I used to watch those movies all the time. Seika in the adult 
film world was like an icon in the 80s. She was like, you know why? Because in the 80s, before, now, now you watch pornos and they all look like models, right? This is before in the 80s when it was just regular looking. So they were hanging out with a porn star on the boat. They were hanging out with probably the, one of the most famous porno stars of all time, Seiko. Wow. And she was blonde. She was beautiful. And in a time where people, you know, just say that the people in pornos were like average looking. Right. Seiko. It wasn't what it is now where there's millions of videos. Yeah. Yeah, you had to get it on beta or VHS. Seika comes out, and Carl tells me the story. They're they're on the houseboat. They're closer to shore. They pull into like a lagoon or a little bay area, and they're all they're all might be on all kinds of drugs. He goes, so we all go for a swim. It's beautiful. The sun is setting, and he goes, I'm swimming, and it's you know it's probably like around seven, eight o'clock, whatever. And he goes, all of a sudden, I feel something leathery rub on me. <laughs> he goes, he goes right? He goes, no. He goes, now. He goes, I'm fucked up. And I'm like, all right. So I'm swimming. La, 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 la. And all of a sudden, again, he feels something on his side, like a leathery thing, like rub against him. And he goes, something just told him he had a weird, weird feeling. So he swims to the, to the houseboat, climbs up the ladder. He goes, hey, guys, come on. Let's, let's come on in. Let's, uh whatever he goes uh, let's let's do some whatever coke or whatever it was so everybody swims back to the boat they go in and i, I think he told me there was like crazy sex so carla both had sex with seika oh my god that's <laughs> what a, what a, that should be a t-shirt that's like the equivalent of like kim kardashian now of like whoever's yeah. the biggest star like she was the biggest porn star of that time when I was working in that industry, I worked in that industry for a while. Where I managed these adult these adult stores in uh, in the uh, what years were the nineties, right? Pretty much, yeah, the nineties into the early two thousands. And we went to a convention. We used to have to go to these conventions. They had Atlantic City, these adult entertainment, and there was all porno stars there. And we saw this one guy there. Um, hold on, before you tell that story, let me finish my crawl story. So. He feels that thing rub against him and he, everybody comes onto the boat. They all start messing around, blah, blah, blah. The night's over. The next day they're out to lunch. They're getting their Bloody Marys. They're at one of those nice little tropical bars and they're talking to either the waiter or the bartender. They go, oh yeah, we love it here. It's beautiful. Last night we went out for a swim in the lagoon. And the guy was like, what? He goes, you didn't see the signs? He goes, no, no. He goes, over there, look at the sign over there. And it turns out you're not supposed to swim in the lagoon at sundown because the sharks come in to feed. Oh! There was a movie called Open Water. I don't know if you ever watched it. Definitely heard of it. Let me see. There, there is a couple that scuba diving and they get left behind. Now, I learned in that movie that what sharks do, some sharks, maybe like bull sharks, whatever they are, before they attack, they uh. swim. They swim by you and they rub themselves on you. And what they're doing is, is sizing you up and seeing if you're dinner. Uh, they're sizing you up. I'm going to cry. They're feeling you. They're trying to see if you're warm and stuff like that. So that was a shark that was rubbing on Carl LeBeau. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, Carl. He I would have, lose it. He may have saved everybody's life. Right. Um, but 
you know. So anyway, so I'm at this convention. We were talking about Seika and how Carla both got to have sex with Seika. Oh my God. That's so awesome. So uh, back in the, I'm trying to think what year it was, early 2000s or late 90s, there was what they called the Vivid Girls. The company called Vivid, they made all the, the top movies. And the Vivid Girls were the five most beautiful girls in the industry at that time. The Vivid Girls, they all had their own line. Jenna Jameson was one of them. Jenna Jameson, was the most, Jenna Jameson was the most popular of them. There was uh, Kobe Ty, I think her name was. I've heard of Jenna. Kobe Ty. From research. Kobe Ty, there was uh, Mickey, somebody. Uh, bro, it's been so long, I'm, I'm so rusty. And there was one girl, um, Sunset Thomas. Now, Sunset Thomas was, we get invited to this after party, right? Not only was it after party, because we knew one of the distributors, he goes, hey, what do you guys, do? he saw us in the bar. He goes, why don't you come upstairs? We got a suite, we're having an after party. I'm like, all right. Me and my friend, Tommy Winter. We go up there and I'm on the elevator with me, Tommy, this guy, Mike, I think his name was from Mike from EVN News. And uh, I think that was East Coast, what's that name of the company? I can't remember the company. Anyway. Sunset Thomas is on the elevator. So I'm like, oh my God, that's Sunset Thomas. And who else? There's another actress. And there was the, I don't know if you ever saw the toy with Richard Pryor, the movie. I heard of it. There was a, a young kid in the movie. The last name was Bates. And his father was Jackie Gleason. Oh. So they kept calling him Master Bates. <laughs> they were like, oh, Master Bates, your father wants to see you. And so, and uh, Richard Pryor laughed his ass off. Richard Pryor was the toy. They actually bought Richard Pryor for a day and try passing that movie today. I don't think that'll work, but no, um, it's, it was just, you know, it, it was wrong back then, but it was still funny. Uh, so long story short, the doors open up to this suite. I'm in this two floor suite and people, there's a live sex show going on with wow. two girls in the center okay. of the room. There was like a coffee table where they threw an Afghan over it. An Afghan. Shot like I'm 90 years old. <laughs> they threw a comforter. <laughs> they threw a comforter. And a pair of dungarees. And a pair of dungarees. A, a comforter. <laughs> <laughs> and these girls are having sex. You know, but it's okay. the show. You know, That's a nice after party. I mean, I would... And I think uh, the distributor was there. So they used some of the distributor's toys on each other. And one time I, got, <laughs> was one time I had to go to the bathroom. I'm waiting in line for the bathroom, right? <laughs> and I realized I'm not waiting. I'm, this, I'm drunk. I'm drunk off my ass. And I realized I'm not waiting in line for the bathroom. It's the wrong line. The line I'm waiting for is people were waiting in line to take opportunity to, like, you, you would wait a line and wait your chance. And then you could take this big, uh, dildo, and you could ram it inside the uh, porno star for like ten seconds. It was like almost like I started having flashbacks to when I was in kindergarten, and we were waiting online. It was a giant pumpkin, and all our, all of our parents were there, and we would go up and we scoop out the guts of the pumpkin, and all the parents would applaud. And I had the sickest one. Am I having a flashback to the pumpkin guts when? when I'm about to take this, but I got off, I didn't do it. 
I got off the line because I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I'll, I'll have to go to the bathroom. I remember going to the bathroom. There was a popular wrestler at the time that was in the bathroom. <laughs> I can't remember what his name was. He's a popular wrestler. But the reason I bring up Sunset Thomas, so I'm sitting in the sitting in the corner. I'm talking to the guy from the toy. He's a big Mets fan. And it's warm in the room. Do you ever like drink, get drunk in a warm room? Next thing you know, you feel tired. So yeah. I remember letting out a yawn. I usually sweat. Yes, me too. <laughs> I, 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 it was a long day of drinking. It's warm. I let out a yawn. Like, let's say there's about like 60 people in the room. It looked like a bachelor party because it was like chaos. There was people walking everywhere. The girls with the live sex show, people like eating hors d'oeuvres. It was like a party. <laughs> it's almost like these two girls having sex in the, in the center of the room were like, no big deal. It was like, it was like, people it's like yeah, whatever. We're still partying. Yeah, it was like people watching TV. Some people watched it, some people didn't. <laughs> and I was like, kind of like, not, I don't know. I wasn't that interested. And I yawned. And all of a sudden, the one girl that was going down on the other, she, she I wasn't even looking. I hear, hey. And I look. And she goes, she said something like, I'm going down on her. And you're yawning? Something like that. <laughs> and I was, I, I was so freaking embarrassed. And my friend Tommy, I didn't realize they did crowd work. Yeah, my friend, it's so funny. I didn't realize Port Arthur was a credit. And my, and my friend Tommy will always tease me to this day. He goes, hey, I'm eating box and you're yawning right now? Uh, I'm so humiliated. But I said, I'm so sorry. It's been a long day. And I, at this point, I just want to go back to my hotel room and sleep. Right. So, so what else happened? So all of a sudden, <laughs> Sunset Thomas comes walking over me. Now, mind you, this is a very fit, good-looking Chris Roach back then. Right. You um, were you had you had the pier the pierced ears. And pierced ears. I'm you were tall, young. you were lean. I was working out. I was this is probably when I was 29, 30 years old. And Sunset Thomas walks over my friend Mike from the East Coast Distributors, I think that was called. He okay. introduces us. Hey Chris, this is uh Sunset Thomas. I'm like, oh, hey, uh, oh, my God, we sell all your products. She goes, thank you. She sits on my lap. Next thing you know, we're making out. Nice. Chris Roach, Chris Roach. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm making out with the, one of the vivid girls, one of the top rated porno stars at the time, which I think now she's out of the business and she's got a family. You know, eventually they, they, get, the, they get their act together and they, and they shun porno. Freaking change their name. Yeah, but she so, so they don't have to take their kid to school and be like, hey, that's the porn star. But you know, she what a nice girl, such a nice girl. I mean, very friendly. Uh, listen, I don't know what she to me, she's like a very nice girl. And then she walked away after I, after I made out with her for like 30 seconds, maybe less. And she walked away. And my friend Tommy whispers in my ear, he goes, You just blew 10,000 guys. Oh. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep the story in this episode. This is a really dirty story. <laughs> I mean, these are the best stories. Quietly, Lou. The dog loves it. Lilo didn't like the story. She's uh, you barking. Somebody at the house? I don't know. It's the first time you dogs have acted up in 13 episodes. Hold on a second. I got to shut the door. Go ahead. Do you think? I think I think you're too far from the mic. I can't hear you. Um, it's it, the first time in 13 episodes that your dogs have acted up. Yeah, they're always quiet. They're always laying at my feet. 
When, right. I, when I was on the episode of, uh, what was that show I did? One episode of Alan Cumming was the actor and the actress. It was called Inst- Instinct. Yeah, Instinct. Yeah. And okay. he comes walking in with the lead actress and they both had little dogs with them. They both had uh, therapy dogs with them. I never saw that. And listen, the dogs walked in, they laid in the corner and they didn't say a word. And uh, it was interesting. Hmm. Um, I actually got like sick doing that because the scene where I take cyanide and I fall off the chair, they, they had me fall. Right. They had me fall. It probably, they probably didn't have the biggest budget. There was no stunt man. Usually something like that, they'll have a stunt man. They had me falling onto like a one inch pad and I'm a large guy, but they had me doing it like I'm telling you 20 times I fell into that pad. Then I started getting dizzy. Right. You probably were starting to feel the ground a little bit. I started getting like vertigo and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I took my anxiety meds today, which you're supposed to take every day. And I started getting vertigo. We had to like stop for a while until I went and took my meds and got refocused. <laughs> but they were really nice. Anyway, um, I just wanted to tell the Carl above story and please pay Carl a little tribute. And rest uh, in peace, Carl. Huh? I said, rest in peace, Carl. Rest in peace, Carl. My voice is going on me. It's probably these plug tenders, man. Yeah, I uh, I only heard about you know what a legend he was. It's it's really sad. Oh, and and now I don't know this. You know, you were talking about a, a bunch of people that have passed. You know, before yeah. him, it's just. Guys, the frequency of people passing, it's just, it's too much. For, this was know. a strange, not only with the virus, but everything that happened with uh, George Floyd and the riots and, and, the, right. and the cops. And it was like a year where you could, you, you had, a, it was almost like a perfect storm. Right. Where you had to sit home and really reflect on your own self. Not only with the with with the topics, the situation, and what was going on in the world, but also that you know you have so much time, you start thinking like about, man, what do I, should I get life insurance? <laughs> right, and not, and not to tie it and not to tie it into stand up, but I'm going to. Yeah. Um, these crowds that we're performing to now, these are different. Like I feel like. It's been completely revamped and mixed up. And like, as far as like society, like I feel like crowds in general aren't going to laugh at the same stuff they were laughing at two years ago. You know what? I had two shows at the comic strip last Friday night. Right. The first show when it was done, I had to say to myself, you've been doing this 18 years. You're funny. You've been doing it like I, it was just I just died. Right, it's funny. There was a strange tension in the air, and then something happened. The show after that was just like it, right where we left off. So, right. a couple it's, of us comedians were talking afterwards, and he goes, "They, they, they the, the, the general consensus is that the right way to say it? Yeah, the general consensus is that people are just starting to get out again and learning how to act." Right. Um, I don't know why the first crowd didn't laugh at anybody. And there was a good mixture of comedians on that show. They laughed at nobody. And Oof. it was almost like, 
somebody once told me they did a show for senior citizens and 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 they thought they were dying and people were coming up to them saying how funny they were and but the comedian right. said to one of the one of the patrons show patrons one of the patrons who's wearing dungarees <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think she was a stewardess she actually a stewardess for a living. What dungarees? <laughs> um, he said the woman said you were very funny. He goes, really? How come nobody laughed? She's like, well, we didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> like almost trying to say that they thought it was rude to laugh. Right. I remember um, you said that. Oh, so. I think yeah. It's not only it's not the comics whatsoever. It's the the, the crowds. You know, these people haven't been out in a very long time. No. Have you walked around the city yet in the last, like, month? I have. I was in the city last weekend. I caught myself almost walking right into traffic just because I was like, blah, 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 blah. And, then, and then a comedian friend of mine, we had a dinner at that chick plate, that chicken place by the comic strip. And I I've been there. Her, and I see her walking, uh, and I was like, uh, this is Carrie. I'm like, Carrie! And she almost, like, walked right in front of a car because... It's like almost like, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You got to wait for the light to change. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If you walk in front of cars when the light's yellow, they're going to run you over. You know, it's like, yeah. you know. Um, anyway, a little tribute episode, some funny stories. But uh, rest in peace, Carl above. Man, great freaking guy. A lot of great life lessons and uh, sorely missed. If you look at, Here's a guy that uh, I could guarantee it didn't leave with a lot of money. Uh, but if you look at the response, when I look at his response to him leaving this world, you see like Brad Garrett posting stuff. You see people, all these well-known comedians and comedy clubs, uh, comedy club in Vegas. There's on the Vegas big. Laugh Factory Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. All above. Boom. Uh, every com every comedy club is posting Carla Bove because he, man, he was a well-loved person. And, and I was trying to explain to somebody recently, if you knew Carl for an hour, you felt like you knew him for, he was your best friend. And it always felt uh, that from so there on end. So sad. So rest in peace, Carla Bove. And uh, uh, to our listeners, we're going to get back on the schedule, putting these things out so they're there for you Monday morning. It's a little bump in the road with a few things going on. Um, but uh, any questions, comments, email, email us at thechrisroachshow at gmail.com. And uh, Mike, we have a show coming up, don't we, together? We do. We have a show at uh, Governor's Levittown in the main room with our buddy, Long Island Wise Guy from Instagram. Uh, he's gained such a large following on the island. He has 100,000 followers. Uh, we're doing June 13th. It's a Sunday, 6.30. That's here on Long Island, because we have listeners all over the world. <laughs> yes, from, from Tokyo to... Right. We do have one listener, like, in, in another country. Uh, I'm like, wow, that's... I didn't know I had a listener in... Uh, uh, I got to pull it up. Who's oh. our international listener? Listener. I'll tell you where they're from right uh, now. Hold on. Please not mix uh, IP address. Ooh. Ireland or something. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Mick? Yeah. Let me see. He might count as Ireland. I'm not... No, no, it's not from Ireland. We have a listener in, drum roll, the Philippines. Ooh, who is that? I wonder who it is in the Philippines. I know some, I have a couple of Filipino friends and uh, 
I wonder if, if somebody's like living there or maybe they just were vacationing or seeing their parents. Huh. Um, I definitely don't honest. know anyone there. <laughs> so very interesting that you could track these things on your phone now. Um, so we got that show. June 13th. It's a Sunday. It's going to be so much fun. We got Christian right. Hahn and we got Kate Murphy hosting. A lot of fun. So we'll see you guys next week with some uh, happier topics, I hope. And, <laughs> I hope uh, so. <laughs> oh, big shout out to my friend Howard Gross down in Florida, who's always listening. And uh, he's gotten into a bad tricycle accident, but he's recovering. And uh, oh, that's it, guys. We'll see you next week. And always remember, don't be a douche.